It's back to school time. The students return to the hallways of our local parish school tomorrow, and I am actually excited. One of the things I love doing with these young minds and souls is to encourage them to utilize their imagination. One particular way that I often encourage them is, well, I'll let you know. Coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, where each day we want to encourage and inspire you to keep moving ahead in the journey of your faith. I'm Patrick Conley. Taking a page out of St. Ignatius of Loyola's book, I often encourage the kids I teach to picture themselves within a Bible passage. What does it look like? What sounds do you hear? What does it smell like? But particularly, I like to remind them frequently about the reality of the whole church present at every Mass. I ask them to use their mind's eye to see beyond just the four walls, the pews, and the crucifix of our chapel, and imagine the roof above opened into the transcendent reality of the eternal heavenly Mass. Can they see the Lord seated on a throne? Can they see the Lamb looking as if he has been slain? Can they see the myriads of angels? Now, when it comes to angels specifically, I think we all have conceptions of how they might appear to us should they take on a visible form. But likely, these conceptions have been formed not just by Scripture, but also by sacred and, let's be honest, not-so-sacred art, things like paintings and sketches, sculptures, and even film. Well, from guardian angels to the seraphim, from Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael to thrones, dominions, and powers, today on The Inner Life, we're talking angels. Guiding us in our discussion is our spiritual director for today, Father Patrick Hyde. Father Patrick is a Dominican priest and the pastor of the St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University. He's also a National Eucharistic preacher. Welcome back, Father. So glad you could join us. Thanks for having me, Patrick. It's always a pleasure to be with you all. Yeah, very good. And I'm excited about the topic today, um, angels. And it's it's a it's a fascinating topic. And I, I suppose, too, of course, it can it can get us. Uh, I, I guess it does tempt us in some ways to get us a little bit off the rails, either one way or the other. You know, um, either saying, yeah, angels, not really sure what that's all about or to just kind of become obsessed with it. Yeah. Has that been your experience? Yeah, there's always a joke, especially in talk, or I guess more of a way of mocking the Dominicans, right, is, or the scholastics in general, is, you know, when all these things are going on in the world around them, the Black Death, all these other things, what are they worried about? How many angels can fit on the head of a pin? <laughs> yeah. And it can, at times, seem ridiculous, right? We were talking about these supernatural um, these incorporeal beings, mm-hmm. and uh, yet, it, it, you know, so we can kind of want, go in one of two directions to just say, well, angels don't really matter to me or don't really matter at all, or we can go in the other direction and see everything as being some sort of interaction and machinations of angelic or even uh, demonic uh, machinations. And so, yeah, when we get into angels and demons and that just that kind of world, Things get a little off, uh, but yeah. I think one of the great gifts that the church has on that front is the angelic doctor himself, St. Thomas Aquinas, mm. who, uh, who helps us see that angels teach us about God, but they also teach us about our humanity and our relationship with God. 
Oh, man, I'm already just enjoying this conversation as we're talking about angels today here on The Inner Life. Well, let's uh, let's start at the beginning, as always. And uh, what do we know about angels? What how, how would we how do we define what an angel is or what angels are, Father? Yeah, so when we look at Scripture, it's interesting to see the development of angels within Scripture itself. In the beginning, the angels really get their their name, angelos, angelos in Greek, really just means messenger. Because in the very beginning of Scripture, uh, angels and, and actually God himself are kind of muddled, right? Is it an angel that's speaking to Moses or is it God himself? But right. angels come to us, they show us, they bring us the messages that come from God, and so they get that name, messenger, that we then, you know, kind of make into an angel. But then over the course of Scripture, as Revelation is uh, comes closer and closer, it's perfection and completion in Christ, we see that not only do the angels have this relationship between God and humanity, but also this heavenly responsibility, that they are the spiritual non-corporeal beings, right? They're, they're outside of the space-time continuum. So they have a different way of existing. You and I, we are creatures of the world around us. We respond to the world around us. Angels are in relationship un, unmediated with mm. God. Uh, and so we come to know them through their revel, through revelation and their interactions with humanity. And we see in those things that they're attendants at God's throne. They're messengers to humanity. They're our guardians. Um, and they're also divine agents, right? God has, has stationed them not only outside of the world, but also to help govern the world and overlook it. But like I said, Patrick, they're not like us in the sense that you and I, in order to know things, this is where St. Thomas is so important, we have to have the world around us. We experience things. Our senses tell us things. And our first experience, we may not exactly know what that thing is. Imagine a little child putting his or her hand next to an oven, right? You know, mom and dad, you say, that's hot, right? And it takes time for that child to quite figure out what all that thing is together. Angels, because they're not bound by time and space, because they're non-bodily, they're non-corporeal, they, they're intellect. They understand things as they are in actuality, because they're not bound by this visible world. Um, and they also, in given the choice of their creation to will, you know, where we can will different things at different times, angels' will doesn't change because their intellect understands things so perfectly in the moment of uh, engagement with that thing. They will, on one hand, the, the angels who are with God forever in heaven, they only will good. They know both good and evil, but they only will the good. Whereas demons, uh, evil spirits, Satan, whatever we want to call the, the fallen angels, they only will what is evil. They know good and evil, but because they've made that choice for evil, that's their will, and they're, they're in that will forever. And uh -huh. so they're different from us in that you and I can change what we will, and thanks be to God for that. Uh -huh. uh, whereas angels, once they make that decision, they, that's who they are for eternity. Wow. Okay. All right. Very good. You mentioned intellect and will. Now, I know that uh, that's mm. that's the way that we oftentimes describe what it means to be created in the image and likeness of God. Yeah. So if that's the mm -hmm. case, are angels created in the image and likeness of God since they possess both of those things as well? They Well, when we talk about the image and likeness of God, when God looks upon creation, what does he say is made my image and likeness? It's humanity. Humanity, right. Uh, and so while they have intellect and while they have will, the pinnacle of creation is humanity. 
God ceases creating in a way uh, when he creates humanity, right? Especially, you know, when he created woman is the pinnacle of creation, right? When, when Eve comes into existence, God has, that's the image and likeness, male, female, he created them and they're in my, made in our image, we hear in Genesis. Right. And so simply, you know, God is intellect, right? God, God has a will, but um, he's not a creature like you and I are. Um, but there's something about humanity and the way in which we're created. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with our bodiliness and the realities of the world around us in mm-hmm. that we, we come to know things over time and, and we come to, to learn things and we, we can uh, grow closer to God. Uh, we can become more and more perfect, right? An angel has it right in that moment, uh, whereas we can become one with God. There's a distinction between us that is really important, but the angels help us to understand our humanity. They help uh-huh. us understand what it is to know, what it is to will. Uh, when you know we, we come to learn things over time and we understand those things, when we talk about the intellect, it's the way in which we know, the way in which we believe, and our will is how we enact that. And angels show us what it's like to be in perfect union with God. They also show us what it's like to not be. The demons show us what it's like to be when we reject with our will what we know about God and what we know about good and evil. Okay, very good. Now, the Catechism states, um, reading from paragraph 330 here, that angels are personal and immortal creatures, surpassing in perfection all visible creatures. But the the word that really grabs my attention is that of personal. And we know, of course, throughout Scripture, we do see this, that uh, indeed angels sometimes even visibly manifest before uh, an individual or a group of people, that sort of thing. And with that sort of thing going on, I guess my question is, so as angels, even though they are completely incorporeal, as you said, they still have, as a personal creature, still have a way of interacting with we bodily creatures as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that the the thing about angels, though, is yeah, they they are um, incorporeal, right? They don't have a body. It's not that's not part of their creation in the way that it is for you and for me. Right. They can take that so as to bring the message of God to us. But the thing about angels, it's also different from us. Is you know we're all humans. There's, you know, we're, we, we have different skin color, we have different height, weight, all of that, but we, we're the same species. Each angel is so unique that it's its own species, right? Um, yeah, there's, I've heard this. There's yeah. the, the will and the intellect connects the angels, but they are, and so like when, for them to have a body in the same way you and I have a body wouldn't necessarily make sense. And we see this especially in uh, the angelic revelations in scripture, the way in which, you know, the seraphim have all these eyes and all these wings and things along those lines. And it's because of their relationship to God and how that isn't really necessarily something we can discern and understand with our, with our eyes and with our, with our knowledge being so bound by the world around us. And yet, so when we understand the angels, they may be ranked, they may be collective, but it's in kind of what they do, not necessarily who they are, because they're each individually distinct from wow. one another, not only by, uh, but by species. Because they don't procreate. One angel doesn't make another angel, right? They're all just creations of God. All right, very good. We're talking about angels today here on The Inner Life. How have angels factored into your life of faith? Do you pray regularly or maybe have a devotion to the angels? 
If so, give us a call and join the conversation. Tell us what that's like. How, how have the angels impacted you spiritually? 888-914-9149 is our phone number. If you uh, believe that you've encountered an angel at some point, let us know that as well. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. If you prefer to send us an email, our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Father, I'm, I, I think one of the things that we should get uh, out of the way early on, because um, there's a lot of misconceptions about angels out there, and I still encounter this one, uh, even in the halls uh, of our of our local parochial school, which I uh, opened the show talking about, is that when we as human beings die, that we become angels. And we know that this is not the case, right? Um, because we're made in the image and likeness of God, right? So we to become an angel would be to come be, become something other than human. So I, you know, it's the uh, thing. You know, in many ways, it stems from Hollywood, right? Every time a a bell rings, an angel yep. gets its wings, and every <laughs> exactly. soul is just waiting to get its wings in heaven. Uh-huh. No, actually, we we are invited into the that perfect relationship, that perfect unity with God through our humanity, and so we we never lose that, right? And so I think it's so important in our in our spiritual life, and but you know we, we can see that. You know, oh, I, I maybe I, I we're called to be the best human being. <laughs> we're not called to become something, something other than who I am, right? So all of my all of the who I am is meant to be sanctified and purified through the blood of the Lamb, uh, so that I can be one with God forever in heaven, so that I can be with God in body and soul, right? The angels don't have that corporeal, but we are created to be with God forever in heaven. Not just in our spiritual, uh, not just in our soul, not just in a spiritual relationship, but in a physical relationship, and that's ultimately what the um, what the what Pente- what the ascension is, right? Is that Jesus draws all of humanity, even our body, to His divinity, and that's what we're called to. And angels will never have that in the way that you and I have. Yeah, and or yet at will the same have time. in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Maybe so. Uh, but one of the things just to to emphasize there, too, though, is that um, although we're making those distinctions, the angels are still here, as you said. The good angels are here to to assist us mm-hmm. on that way and to show to us um, the way of to, the path to heaven, so to speak, the, the way of, of living in total accordance with God's will. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we this is the beautiful thing that, you know, from before time began— God created an angel whose sole reason for existence is to guard and protect each and every human soul that's created. Wow. Right? These are the these are the guardian angels that yeah. there's this eternal being that is created simply to to guide and protect and lead you to a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God, right? So the angels, you know, they're not, you know, again, like we have to kind of find the median between or the mean between all the, the ways we look at angels. They're not doing all of these things, you know, just moving us around like a piece on a chessboard or a checkers board, but they're interacting with us. They're guarding us. They're guiding us. They're leading us. They're all of those things that, so that God's hand is ever with us. I still, you mentioned the beginning, you know, the parochial school. And I, that's how, when I was a kid, I learned about the angels is that we would at the, it, and I, it was either first or second grade. We'd pray the, the guardian angel, pray angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. Ever the same, be at my side to light to guard, to rule the guide. And just that beautiful 
um, especially as a little kid, to know that, wow, there, God loves me so much. Not only did he create me, not only does he give me the church and all the sacraments, but he gives me an angel so that I can be closer to him, so that I can do his will. Okay. Wow. Uh, and that's a it's a beautiful prayer. And I have to admit, although I knew that prayer uh, growing up in a Protestant tradition, I rarely prayed it. But uh, it's mm. actually factored itself into my daily life now as a Catholic. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I believe it has strengthened my relationship with specifically with my guardian angel. We're talking about yeah. angels here today on the program. And if you have a specific devotion to the angels, if there are ways in which you uh, are growing in your spiritual life because of that devotion to the angels, or maybe you've actually encountered an angel. You believe you have actually encountered mm-hmm. an angel in a particular time or moment in your life. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888 Again, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, there's many things that I want to get into here, and uh, maybe on the other side of a break that we have coming up here shortly, um, maybe we can talk some about the ranks of angels. Would that be all right? Absolutely. Okay, well, I think uh, I think that's what we'll ed- aim towards in the other side of this break. As I said, talking about angels on the show today, 888-914-9149 for your questions, for your testimonies to how angels have played a role in your spiritual life, 888-914-9149. More to come with the inner life, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more on angels with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde. Coming up right after this, stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Uh, welcome back to the inner life. Maybe Train is doing the praying the uh, the confidier, perhaps. You know, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. Not a bad thing to do at any time. And we are talking about angels here on the show today. We are grateful for our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde, Dominican priest and pastor of St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University who is guiding us through our discussion as well. Let's go to the phones. Rebecca is calling in from Southern Colorado. Rebecca, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to share, hi, just share briefly. Um, I'm from a family of 16, and it was really hard for me to be alone because I had all those siblings, but I ended up in the hospital um, with rheumatic fever. as I think I was in fourth grade, and I had to be there for quite some time. Well, when I was at night, I was alone, so it was always fear. But this specific nurse who didn't look like the nurses that were back in that time, because I've kind of thought about it and now thinking back, but come in every single night and she would bring me a cup of hot chocolate and sit with me every single night. And there's just no other way that I can explain it other than that was my guardian angel. And she brought peace to me. She just helped me to be calm because, again... I, I was separated from all those family members, so I just wanted to share that. I think it's a beautiful thing when, when they come to us in that way. Yeah, Rebecca, thanks for sharing. Um, I think, yeah, it's, uh, 
You know, there's there's obviously there's there's Christian charity here at play, um, right? Maybe that was a nurse. Maybe it was a guardian angel. I, I, I don't know. But I think that's the beautiful thing about it just in general. The guardian angels help us realize is that God in this world through his revelation and through his mercy and grace, but also in a sense outside of this world through the angels is watching over us, guiding us and protecting us. And we're never alone. We're never without hope. We're never without uh, protection and an opportunity to grow closer to God. And so it's always so beautiful when we are, we have those encounters. Um, when, you know, I've heard stories of, of people who, um, you know, they've been in a very serious, either a serious health scare of some kind, whether it be an emergency or a long-term diagnosis, and they have this experience of, of a light, of a healing, of, of something, you know, truly otherworldly in their life that e- even if it doesn't bring them physical healing, brings them a spiritual peace and healing uh, that they were so looking for. And that's the beautiful part is that God is working in our lives in every capacity so that he can draw us more closely to himself. Thanks for the testimony, Rebecca. We appreciate the call. Let's go now to Mary calling in from Springfield, Oregon. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you. I um, would like to share something. I I think it was my guardian angel. It was my hmm. turn to turn up all the lights and close up the office. And uh, so I went out on the back porch and I noticed that one of the light bulbs was out. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll take care of that. So I got this step stool, which I shouldn't have been standing on. And okay. um, I got up on the, the step stool and started to unscrew the light bulb. And all of a sudden I felt myself falling and it would have been oh, a good seven foot fall. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, I felt myself falling and there was nothing to grab onto. And all of a sudden something pulled me back from falling. And I, I feel like that was my guardian angel because that would have been a, a bad, bad fall. Yeah, well, thanks be to God for that, right? Like, we just, we don't know how our our guardian angels are going to interact with us in our life. I think sometimes, you know, it's, we, you know, we could have gone left or we could have gone right. And there's just this, this sense, this feeling, this, this movement within our spirit. We can't really talk about it. Sometimes we feel that, that intercession there in terms of holding us up or, or guiding us along a different path. But uh, yeah, that's the beauty of it all is in the angelic world too, is it can be crystal clear as the angel Gabriel to our blessed mother. It can also be more subtle uh, and uh, hard to, to, to nail down or define because, you know, it's a supernatural way in which God is, is working in our lives through the angels. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mary, for that testimony as well. Again, if you have a testimony or maybe if you have questions about how you can develop your devotion to the angels, give us a call, 888 We're talking about angels today on the show. And, you know, Father, Mary's, uh, Mary's call reminds me, it just brought to mind Psalm 91. He commands his angels with regard to you to guard you wherever you go. With their hands, they mm-hmm. shall support you, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And I and I realize the angels are there to help us out in so many ways. And I think specifically, the Dominicans have a specific way. The Angelic Warfare Confraternity is that something that can you tell us about that? 
Yes, yeah. Thanks for asking, Patrick. The Angelic Warfare Confraternity uh, is a, is something that the Dominican Order has throughout the world, throughout the whole order. And uh, it starts with this. When St. Thomas Aquinas was a young boy, he wanted to become a Dominican. Now, at that time, the Dominicans were kind of an upstart new religious community, and his family, which were minor nobility, had plans for him either as a noble or to be a, 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 an abbot at one of the powerful Benedictine abbeys there in Italy. And yet he was still steadfast in his commitment to be a Dominican. And his family was not particularly uh, virtuous and upright. And so to dissuade him after keeping him locked in his room, they sent in a scantily clad prostitute to tempt him against uh, entering into the Dominicans. And St. Thomas, so the story goes, immediately grabbed the hot iron from the fire and drove her out of the room. He never hit her or anything, but just the, the threat of that got her out of the room. And he made a sign of the cross in the door. To say, no, I'm here for Jesus. And that night, uh, legend has it, two angels came to him and wrapped a cord around his waist of, you know, of purity and chastity that they were going to guide him throughout the rest of his life. And in his life and his contemporaries, they talked about how uh, truly pure and chaste of a man he was. And the Angelic Warfare Confraternity is, is a confraternity within the church. Anyone can join it. You know, there's a special prayer that you pray every day to be a part of this confraternity. Any Dominican friar can enroll you in your confraternity, in the Angelic Warfare Confraternity. And it's a special way in which we ask the angels to guide us in our pursuit of purity and chastity. The angelic host is fighting for us. They're interceding for us. And in particular, we've seen, especially when I work on a college campus, among our young people, uh, the problems that come not only with bodily chastity, but also with pornography that's so uh, rampant in our world right now, sure. that invoking the heavenly host of angels to fight that fight for us, to guide us, to lead us to uh, living that life uh, is the angelic warfare confraternity is a great opportunity for young and old to invite the angels into their life in their pursuit in that heroic pursuit of purity and chastity in this world through the intercession of our angels and saint thomas aquinas and what i really like about that father is that uh, you know the testimonies that we've heard and perhaps we'll hear more along the same lines um, you know if people are believing that angels are interceding on their behalf a lot of those um, have kind of a physical aspect to it like there's a, a one-time mm -hmm. kind of something that happened and it would have been much worse off had um at least what we perceive to be our angels interceding for us but the angelic warfare confraternity has this notedly kind of spiritual development in mind right that, that we're going to fight those battles to grow in our relationship with our lord and to say no to the temptations of the flesh in that way that's what it seems to me yeah yeah, Pedro, you know, I think sometimes, you know, obviously as a Dominican, I believe that, you know, the, the, the moral and spiritual life is the life of grace and virtue. It's yeah. one of growing. It's one of becoming uh, more deeply united with God. Uh, and I think sometimes we can think of in our spiritual world, uh, and in particular when we look at e angels, we just need an angel to, to win the battle for us, to go ahead of us and to, to cast aside all of those challenges that are in front of us. But as corporeal beings that we are, we cannot avoid those things. And so we need not only those angels to go before us, and they do in a way, but also to lift us up and to help us in the battle so that we can grow closer to God, not so that we can just follow the path that the angels trod before us, but so that like them, we can be more fully united to God by a growth in grace and virtue in this life and the completion of that and the fullness of that in the life to come. 
Amen. Yeah. Well, they look out for us, body and soul, and we are grateful for that. We're talking about angels here on the program today with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde. And if you have a story about an angel or questions about how the angels, devotion to the angels, how we might uh, more fully submit ourselves to their guidance, then give us a call, 888-914-9149. Well, as promised, Father, I wanted to get into the ranks of angels. Now, first of all, how do we know about these ranks and how and what are they? Well, Patrick, the ranks of angels are like many things. Over time, it's they're there in Scripture to, in a certain capacity, the different types of angels. But, you know, the, it's not as crystal clear as some other things in Scripture. And so theologians over time have really looked at that and tried to figure out, okay, there's these different types of angels. How are they connected? And, and of course, the, the great uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, that's what he gets his nickname is because of his uh, discourse on angels. He talks about how the ranks of angels, we, we, historically we've said there are three ranks of angels. And within the, those ranks, it really has to do with their proximity to God and to humanity. So uh, the angels, the archangels, and the principalities are the quote-unquote lowest rank. And it doesn't mean that they're any less glorious than the others, but they're lowest in the sense because they're the ones most closely bound to humans. Guardian angels, the archangels are the ones who bring the message of God's healing, of God's incarnation, and of, you know, St. Michael, of the victory over the, the, the evil spirits. Um, the powers, the virtues, and the it's either dominations or dominions, you see those used interchangeably, they're kind of the back and forth, if you will, between heaven and earth, right? So Jesus says to Nathaniel, we just heard it on the Feast of St. Bartholomew, that you will see angels ascending and descending, right? Mm -hmm. That there's this back and forth between creation, uh, the, the, the types of creation, the, the spiritual creation and the earthly creation, and the powers, virtues, and dominions kind of work that world. And then there's those spirits, those angels that are fully uh, before God and united to him. And these are thrones, cherubim, and seraphim. They are, their whole existence is in the majesty and the glory of God. Right. They just uh, we hear that, especially in Revelation, we, we hear and see this of those spirits that just sing the voice of, the you know, the praise, the praise, the lamb, that sing, holy, 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 uh, that are just constantly there before in the in the presence of God, giving him glory, giving him honor. You know, they're so powerful that they're, they're beyond our ability to understand and know because of their spiritual power it's you know in our corporeal world we can't quite figure that out so they have eyes they're on fire they have wings all of these things it's just a reflection of what it means to be in the glory of god and so it's also a great re reminder for us too that in all the different ways you know that we we it shows in us too as human beings that if angels have different ranks some are closer to God. Some, are, you know, so that's not too different from the church, right? Some are called to be monks and nuns, to, to live their life hidden away, given fully to God in prayer and in service, right? Others are meant, you know, to be in the world, to be, uh, you know, on the front lines in the local parish, building families, but equal in glory, equal in majesty, but with distinct vocations within that hierarchy. Wow. Yeah, that's a great, I, I like that analogy. That's a great analogy. I hadn't quite thought of it in that way before, and I appreciate that. And what about invoking, I mean, let's move into how, how we develop our relationship with the angels and uh, do so rightly, um, and so that we might, you know, we might bear fruit, we might see that bear fruit mm -hmm. in our own spiritual lives. Of course, there's the, the prayer to the guardian angel, which um, you've already talked about. I know and when it comes to the archangels, 
that they, you know, we pray the St. Michael prayer, for instance, every time that we close Mass at my local parish, and I know that's a tradition in many local parishes. Um, but are we, should we focus kind of on the lower ranks of angels that are closer to us as humans, or um, what would you suggest, Father? Well, and, you, know, never, you know, if we say the Confidior at Mass, right, we ask for all the angels and saints, right? right. So it's yes, not just... True. Our, our guardian angel has a particular personal, in a sense, let's call it a relationship with us. Um, and so in the same way that um, I am called to love all creatures as a human being and as a disciple of Jesus, I have, a, 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 in a sense, a higher love for the people who live in my community, the people who I'm called to serve as pastor. Why? Because there's a proximity there. So there's a there's a greater relationship. There's a deeperness. There's a but like we all benefit from being in union with each other and praying for one another. And so we want all of the angels to be involved in our lives because they're free creatures who have made a radical, irreversible choice to do the will of God and to worship God, yeah. right? And they're gonna the, all of the angels are gonna lead and guide us and protect us in different ways. Our guardian angel in a specific way having to do with my earthly reality. The archangels in terms of that. Uh, bringing the message of God, bringing the healing of God, bringing the victory of God into my life, right? All those, you know, the cherubim and seraphim, they're praising God, you know, and that's what I ultimately want to be is fully united to God in heaven. And so we want all of them in our lives. All of these angels have been revealed to us, right? Jesus, our God, Jesus is God, but when God reveals his truth, it's for our benefit. And so God reveals these angels, these celestial beings to us and for us so that we can be in union with them. We can know that they're there and have a connection and relationship with them, even if it be distant now, because it's a precursor to our union with them forever in heaven. Mm, wow. Very good. This discussion continues as we're talking with our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde, on angels here on the show today. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Janet, who's been waiting patiently in Fort Myers, Florida. Janet, thanks for calling The Inner Life. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, you quoted the scripture that uh, I invoked. Being in Colorado, I mean, sorry, being in Utah, and I skied off the edge of a Black Diamond Mountain, and as I was oh, wow. going head down, I the only prayer I could think of that scripture I'd send your angels to lift me up. I fell forty feet head first and all of a sudden I was yanked to a stop. One of my skis was caught in the branches of a tree. I was hanging upside down until the ski patrol came wow. and got me out of the tree. So I was lifted up. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how God does, uh, how these angels do that. They're always, they're always there working and guiding us. And uh, yeah, so thank you for sharing that beautiful story. Yeah, thank you for that, Janet. And um, yeah, I mean, just great things that we can we can um, we can see the hand of God at work, whether or not we're convinced it's an angel or not. And uh, we can definitely realize that God is gracious to us in many ways, but He does reach out to us through the work of the angels. And that's what we're talking about here on the show today. If you have a question about uh, developing your devotional life when it comes to the angels or how we can continue to partake in the good things that they they too are working toward, that of course God has ordained them to work toward for us, give us a call, join the conversation, 888-914-9149, or send us an email if you're having trouble getting through on the phones, relevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break here as we're talking about angels on the show today. So stick with us. We'll be back right after this.
the University of Dallas invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Thomas Engeser, who's taking your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Father Patrick Hyde, Dominican priest and pastor of the St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University, also a National Eucharistic preacher, as we're talking about angels on the show today. If you have a question about developing your relationship with the angels or about maybe some role that the angels play in life, in the spiritual life specifically, we'd love to hear it, 888-914-9149 or Inner Life at relevantradio.com. Father, one of the things that I'm thinking about here, you'd mentioned um, the the fall of the fallen angels, um, and that's one of the things that I think uh, don't necessarily have to spend a lot of time on today, but I did want to ask, you know, these demons, the fallen angels, they're allowed to endure, at mm-hmm. least for now. God allows their existence. So do they have a role or a function in the spiritual life? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, is there something we can learn from them? Well, yeah, Patrick, a good thing is that angels had a choice, right? When they were created, they could choose God or not God. And some chose not God. And while, you know, we can talk a lot, there's a lot going on in the church right now, people talking a lot about demonic machinations and things along those lines. I think sometimes we can overplay that too much. We are still free creatures after all, but it's it's real. It's still there. But at the very least... What angels and demons can show us in their their existence is that there are real consequences to my choice to follow Jesus and to follow God's will and to follow the teachings of the church. And there are real consequences when I choose not to follow Jesus and they're not or follow the teachings of the church and follow his will. And it's not just consequences here and now, but these are consequences that affect all of humanity and also echo through eternity in terms of they do without repentance they can lead to my own damnation and my fall from grace and so uh now god has given us the 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 grace of his mercy the ability to be restored to fullness in our sonship and daughtership with him but we see in the angels that there are real eternal consequences when we turn from god but that the power and the glory and the goodness of God will always overcome and vanquish evil. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I like that. Yeah, that's very good. Let's go back to the phones. Rita is calling in from Wisconsin. Rita, thanks for calling the inner life. Welcome. Hi. I have a question. Uh, I hear priests say, don't um, name your guardian angels. But if you look at and read some of Padre Pio's books, he says you should because they're your friends. And he also said you can ask for more than one angel. See, it's, it's, I find contradictory here. The other thing was that I've been in ministry, was in ministry for 30 years and work with priests. Well, I'm retired. I'm in my 80s now. And I, I have to have more time in prayer. And I find that I just I get irritated. I can't concentrate. It, is that attack from the evil one? Because I spend quite a bit of time in prayer now. Yeah, well, thank you for your question. I'll, I'll take the, the first question there about na- there There is nothing in our faith that says one way or another whether you should or should not name a guardian angel. Um, 
you know, I think there's there in one way there's merit to both sides, right? And you know, it is a, a spiritual, non-corporeal being. It's it's otherworldly, and so in the you know, uh, we hear from from Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, the named angels that we have in Scripture. Those have to do with their particular role, right? Uh, Mikael, who is like God, right? So, and you know, that's that's a revelation thing. That's not something that's given to them out of, you know, I like the name Michael, right? That's something that they do, and so you know, we don't have to uh, because we don't exactly know what our guardian angels are doing in our life, right? They may be guiding us in ways that we know and guide, ways that we don't know. So, you know, we take the the guidance, right? You know, when a priest says something to us, remember that a priest is a priest, right? Unless he's acting sacramentally in persona Christi, oftentimes what he's giving you, unless it's clearly defined by the church as one way or another, is his opinion on something. And he can be, uh, it can be helpful and uh, it can not be helpful. So I think that's a good thing. Um, and then you mentioned just that the, this is a question a lot of people ask, okay, like I made this bad decision. I felt like I was under spiritual attack and that, you know, the only way you're going to be able to find that out really in one way is to take that to confession, to talk with the priest in the sacrament of confession, to see that, right? You're going to be freed, right? Uh, even exorcisms are only, they're sacramentals. The sacrament of confession is the goal for exorcism, right? Like somebody freed from the demonic would be for them to be able to be fully reunited with God through the graces that are poured out in the sacrament. And so certainly there are those attacks in our life. There are those things in our life. You know, uh, I remember a priest telling me before when I entered the Dominican novitiate, if you don't know the devil, you will know him now. And it's true. There's certainly wow. a, a level of attack as a religious and as a priest that you feel at times. But also I'm a sinner. And also I, I don't give God my best. And so it's easy to just wrap everything up and that's just a demonic attack. But then that doesn't lead to a life of grace and virtue. What what can I do to cooperate more fully with what God has given here? If everything's just an attack and a battle that's not my control, then what does that say about God's love for us and his creation of us? And so we have to be careful about playing too heavily into that I'm under attack or this is an attack. It certainly can be there, and I've certainly experienced that. But we also need to recognize that we're sinners who have been given free will and the grace of God to repent and to draw closer to Jesus and that the evil one does not have power over us uh, so far as we maintain that state of grace and live in the life of the church. Mm, very good. Rita, thank you for the questions. Another question has come in, a couple questions have come in from Mary over email. Mary says, I know my angels are always trying to steer me in my daily life needs. Just wondering, do we have only have one? I suppose she means guardian angel or more than one. That's one question, Father. And the second one that she asks is, is it okay to ask my angel to go to another person to help them? So, yes, uh, it, we at the very least, we have a guardian angel. That's what our we we've 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 been taught, right? Is that we have a guardian angel and the angels do the will of God. And so insofar as things are good, yeah, we can ask angels to guide and intercede, right? We can, we can invite angels who bring particular healing to someone who is sick. One of the priests who I serve with here at the Newman Center at Indiana University, he loves to, when he prays with people, to invoke the, those, those angels who bring healing, those angels who, who bring clarity, Right? We, we should always recognize that there's this host, this heavenly host that is on our side, that is 
not only engage in the battle, but desiring to be more involved in that. And so, yeah, don't be, you know, whether we have multiple angels working on our behalf at any given time, right? In one way, we should we should assume that, right? Because there's myriads upon myriads, uh, thrones upon thrones of angels working and doing the will of God. And so, so yeah, never be afraid of inviting the angels into your life, right? Of asking the angels for their guidance. I'd be careful. One caution I would say is, you know, we, we should never really ask to see angels or to hear from angels, right? That, mm-hmm. that we, when we invite that in, remember that the, the devil is an angel. He's a fallen angel, but he's an angel nonetheless. And so we, if, if we're hearing those things, if we're, we, we feel like we're having those uh, elocutions and or manifestations, we really should be very cautious about that and seek spiritual guidance as soon as possible, because that's an area that can turn very dark very quickly. Mm. That's good. That's a good reminder too, Father. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, yeah, St. Paul tells us in Second Corinthians, right, that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And so got to be careful about that. That's true. Talking about angels here on the show today, and uh, we've... Uh, I apologize to the many people who have called in, and we're, we have run out of time to get people on the air. But let's take uh, let's take one more call. Uh, Joseph is calling in from Chicago, Illinois. Joseph, thanks for calling the Inner Life. Appreciate it. Oh, good day to you, and thanks for taking my call, Father. I just want to understand whether or not my imagination ran wild, or if something like I described might have happened. I had a rather protective, not overly aggressive, large dog, and I was walking him on a city street and I was approached by a, what appeared to be a regular panhandler. And uh, first I was shocked that that person approached given that I had this large dog at heel. But secondly, my dog ignored her. I had never seen that behavior before or since. And she ignored the dog and she asked for money. And when she smiled, she had the most perfect smile. And my dog acted as if no one was there. And I don't know what approached us. And I always wondered whether or not it was a test of my generosity to the poor that I failed, or if it might've been something that was disguised as such and not have been a good thing. Well, not knowing specifics about that, I thank you for that story, right? Is It's always a good reminder too, right? That we should love those who are in front of us. In fact, anytime someone asks us for aid, that is a test of our charity. And uh, whether it be angelic or whether it be real, right? You know, we need to, and Mother Teresa, uh, St. Mother Teresa was so beautiful in this and said, you know, we need to look for the face of Christ in the poor. And sometimes, you know, it's it's real and, you know, it, it, may, it may not be. I think a good assumption, though, is that, you know, that was a real person, but um, maybe it wasn't. You know, that's the beauty of our life and faith is that, these things that are in front of us, you know, sometimes when God works in our life, uh, we end up in this kind of kind of in-between liminal space where we're not really sure, like, what's going on, you know. And, and oftentimes that's when we can be most in tune with the, the angelic and the spiritual realities. Right. And whether, whether an actual spiritual reality, an angel, so to speak, or not— um, I suppose, if anything, if it's bearing fruit in Joseph's life now, maybe making him more attentive to the needs of the poor and absolutely. things like that, then there's there's good that has come of it, yeah, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, very good. Well, Father, only a few minutes remaining here before we ask you for your blessing. So I think um, just one of, the, one of the things that we'd like to just round out the show on is, again, going back to the whole issue of angels helping us in our spiritual lives and how we might, how we might better... Um, 
I guess, avail ourselves, make us make ourselves aware to their help. Um, we've talked about prayer, of course, and invoking their help. Is there is there anything that specifically that you would recommend in terms of helping us realize the care of the angels around us while still at the same time not going overboard and seeing angels everywhere, so to speak? Well, Patrick, I think it's always important for us to remember, and this is when we get into the spiritual realm, it can go any number of directions very quickly, is that God has revealed to us the primary means by which he desires to interact with us. It's through the church. It's through the sacraments in particular. It's through his holy word and scripture. And so uh, being at mass and in particular in the presence of the blessed sacrament, right, we, we get to see through our spiritual eyes, the angels ministering to Jesus Christ on the cross, the angels ascending and descending. And the more time, the closer that we are to Jesus, the closer that we are to uh, doing the will, of, the more intentionally we do the will of God, uh, the persevering in that state of grace and getting back into that state of grace, we become more and more aware of the presence of God and all of the different ways in which he makes his presence known in our life. Uh, whether they be big, whether they be small, whether they be, you know, in terms of physical ways, whether they be in spiritual ways, whether they be in terms of healing or guidance or direction. God has given us this great gift himself. And everything that he has given to us in this world, in the spiritual world that is good, points us back, leads us to and unites us to God. And so what must we do then? give our first fruits, give our honest effort to the Lord so that he can continue to show us little by little uh, and deepen within us his love for us, his grace, his peace, his truth. Yeah. Well, I think, again, just to round off the conversation about angels, one of the things that it really does um, encourage within me anyway is exactly that, Father, just giving ourselves wholly over to God and recognizing when we do so, that we are being invited in such a such a wonderful realm, a wonderful um, well, it's far beyond just a world, right? But it's a wonderful realm of of mm-hmm. uh, of the the magnificence of God and His creativity that stretches so far into uh, into eternity and and beyond our minds and imaginations. And as you've said, Father, I think angels are a great testimony precisely to that, as they are a real part of our spiritual lives that hopefully one day we'll see in its entirety. Well, Father, thank you. We've, we've reached the end of the program, but um, we are grateful for your direction through our conversation about angels today. May we have a blessing from you, please. Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray the guardian angel prayer together. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide, amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father Patrick Hyde has been our spiritual director today. As always, if you'd like to go back and listen to any portion of the show or share it with others, you can find it at relevantradio.com slash inner life, and you can find all of our archive shows there so give them a listen and share them out to others who might need that encouragement and inspiration for continuing the spiritual journey this day up next is the holy sacrifice of the mass grace and peace